Welcome to the Noble Warrior Podcast. Here is your host, Mike Frazier. Hey everybody, Mike here with another episode of Noble Warrior Podcast. We just wanted to thank you for dropping in and spending some time with us and listening to what we have going on the show for today. So here we are, Mike Frazier, Noble Warrior. I got Eric on the other side of the screen there. Eric, man, thanks for hanging out with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so now where do I start? Uh, Wherever you want to. Oof, man, I was, uh, okay, first of all, I live in Sweden, which is in Sweden, Scandinavia, Europe, because, (laughs) you know, you know, sometimes it happens, you know, when you tell people that you live in Sweden and, 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 you know, people ask you like, what what state is that? No, 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 no. (laughs) It's it's not a state, bro. Yeah. Like Sweden, Scandinavia, Europe. A beautiful area, by the way. I loved it. Go ahead. As a beautiful area, by the way. I love it. I got to live there for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And um, uh, originally, uh, I'm half Yugoslav, half French. I was born in France in 1968 in January uh, during the Olympics. Uh, I lived there with my mom. Unfortunately, you know, I never had the chance to to uh, to see my my real dad, but never mind. That's a different story. Uh, Mom and I, we moved around, winded up in Italy for two years. And uh, and then we came to Sweden in 1975 as refugees. So. uh, and then, um, you know, I've been living in Sweden ever since. Um, I have a younger brother. He's uh, seven years younger than me. And, uh, and I am, you know, I still have my mom. She lives uh, actually in Malmö, which is about 20 clicks away from where I live. And, um, well... Like I said, I, I grew up here. I was seven years old when I got here. Uh, gone to, you know, grade school. And here in Sweden, we don't have, uh, you know, we, we don't have the same system as you guys have in, in, in you know, stateside. Uh, Correct. We, we, we have, uh, you know, you, you go to school from, first grade all the way up to ninth grade. And then from ninth grade, you can, we, you, you can either go to something that we call gymnasium, gymnasium. And, uh, and then you have different programs. Uh, I, I did a program uh, learning how to weld and work with sheet metal. Mm-hmm. So I did that for two years. And, uh, and then after school, you know, I did different varieties of jobs and stuff. And, uh, back in 19, I think it was 96, I I started my own business and, uh, you know, with welding and sheet metal work and stuff like that. Okay. But prior to that, 
uh, I became a father at an age of 19. That was not planned because, you know, I was, I was a kid of myself. And yeah. uh, it was, it, it was tough. Um, but I gotta tell you this, man, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a damn proud dad today because yeah. you know, I got, I got two solid sons. Uh, one, you know, the younger one is a little bit more crazy, but you know, <laughs> you know, how it is. And, yeah. uh, so, um, and they're doing good and, mm-hmm. uh, they've got, uh, Alexander, my oldest son. Uh, he's got two daughters and Adam, my youngest son, he's got a daughter and a son. Thanks. So you're a grandpa, man. How do you feel about that? Awesome, man. (laughs) Awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. You know what they say in Sweden? We say, I'm going to translate that to, to, to English. It's, it's, um, it's the dessert in life to have grandkids. Okay. It, it, it's a, um, that, you know, that's how we say it here in Sweden. And it's like. Understandable. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and, 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 and the best part is, okay, uh, when you, you know, when you get fed up. You can just hand them back. Yes, sir. And it's all good. Candy and soda, shake them up and give yeah. them back. <laughs> yeah. So that it's it, it's really awesome, man. Well, uh, that's about the family relation. So take me from uh, so you finish school, you get into uh, welding a little bit, you start uh, doing that. Yeah. Um, you have your kids. What do you get into after that? Well. You know, like I said, back in 1996, I, I started my own business, yeah. you know, with welding and stuff like that. Uh, and um, th- th- there was, um, how do I say this? It was multiple stuff that happened that mm-hmm. led me to becoming, you know, a business owner. And, um, and I was, you know, I was employed. Mm-hmm. For at, at one place, I was employed for about five years, and then another place for another two years. But they had to let me go because it was not enough work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then a good friend of mine, he said, "Well, Eric, why why don't you start your own business, man? Because I mean, you're like really good at this." And I was going like, "Well, mm, you know, it's a giant leap <laughs> to yeah. go from being employed to." you know, run your own business. But, you know, I gave it a shot and, and, you know, here I am. Uh, and um, so it's, it's uh, here in Sweden, a lot of times people, you know, they tell you that, Oh, you're, you know, you got your own business. You can do whatever you do, you know, whatever you want to do, you can come and go how you want to come and go and stuff. I said, no, that's not the case, bro. Because I'm telling you, Let's say tomorrow, if I don't do anything tomorrow, there's no Quan coming in tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, you got to keep I, moving. You got to yeah, keep doing it. Yeah. And, and then let's say, you know, one morning, you know, I get up, uh, 
I feel, you know, a little bit like this and like that. I can't call my boss and say, you know what? I'm not going to be able to make it today to work. Yeah. That's, that's not going to happen. You know, I got, I got stuff to do and I got to take yeah. care of business. Yeah, you know, man. I got to put food on the table. So that, um, that makes sense. So there in Sweden, um, do do the locals there, do they have to spend any time in the military, like like uh, like mandatory military time? Is that a thing? Is, is that for everyone, male and female? Is that just for males? Um, actually, that that's a very good question. Back in the days, when I'm saying back in the days, I'm, uh, we're going back to 1991, okay? Huh? When I did my mandatory military service here in Sweden. Back in the days, it was mandatory. And then for a while, they took that away. Okay. But they brought it back, I think like two years ago or something. Uh, when I did my military service, there was not a lot of females in it, but there's definitely more females today than there was when I did my military service. Mm -hmm. And um, I was was a group leader for a CRT unit, CRT, Combined Reconnaissance Team. Okay. And um, we were doing, I was with a artillery regiment. Okay. Which is about a, an hour drive from where I live mm-hmm. north. And um, our responsibility was to do recon, you know, before the whole platoon would get in, you know, with the halbitzes and stuff like that to make yeah. sure that, you know, there's no bad guys laying around in the bushes or, you know, ambushes and stuff. So we had to clear that. So we were actually, how do I say this? You know, we were, we were the meat because, you know, if there would have been somebody there, we were, we were the one that will go first. Yeah. And so, and now, you know, the halbitzes and stuff, they would know that, okay, this is a hot area. We can't, you know, we can't get in there yeah. because, you know, we, we lost our CRT unit. So this is what we did. And we did a lot of demolition and we did a lot of um, surveillance. And um, a couple of times we did some escorts, people military uh equipment and stuff like that so this is this is what we did awesome well that's cool man that's cool it gives you a different perspective and some training on some different things right oh yeah oh yeah so wow that's what we did uh the, the the only thing that bugs me uh all the way to today is Two weeks before I was supposed to, I mean, I did 10 months mm-hmm. because that was for me, I was a group leader. The group leaders, they uh they were serving for 10 months. And you had the platoon leaders. Platoon leaders, they had um 
uh, I think it's, it was either 12 or 15 months. And then, you know, the regular foot soldiers, uh, their time in the military was seven months. Uh, we were three group leaders. It was Lundqvist, Ulsson, and myself. We got in three months prior to, you know, the regular dudes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I usually say this, uh, you know, I've never been to war, but in case shit would hit the fan, Ulsson, Lundqvist, and myself, we would do more damage towards the enemy than by having the other seven guys that were in our team. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you had to tell them to go to sleep. You had to tell them that, hey, guys, uh, we need to chop up some wood. You know, living you, in you the You guys have some experience. Stuff. So you have all the experience and you get all these new guys in. You got you to gotta share the experience that you already have with them. So that takes time. It takes a long time to develop. And you can't really do that in seven to ten months. No, no I totally understand. But, but, but you know, fundamentals. Uh-huh. Like, you know, if you and I, we're going to be doing some stuff tomorrow. Yeah. I don't have to tell you that you have to go to bed. Not too late tonight, because I need you to be fresh for tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, but that was the case. At one time, you know, we told the group that, hey, listen, guys, you guys need to get to this location. And you need to start prepping the tent and get the fire going on in the tent and, and stuff like that, you know, practical stuff, because the three of us, we had to go on a debrief and, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So, and, and then, uh, and now this is like in the middle of the night, it's pitch black out. I mean, I think there was a little bit of moon so we can see some silhouettes and we found the truck. And I open up the door to the truck and there are my guys in the truck. And I was going like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> well, it was, it was warm and cozy in here. Well, what about the tent? Yeah, what about it? Well, I told you guys to take care of the tent, you know, take care, get the fire going on in the tent. <laughs> well, uh, it, it was really cold outside. So now in the middle of the night, we had to raise the tent, which is a little bit more difficult yeah. to do when it's dark outside yeah. or, you know, when it's loud outside. Mm-hmm. So it was, and, and uh, like I said, I mean, just doing all these things, I mean, it, I felt like I was a really shitty father to these guys. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, if, if it would have been just, Ulson, Lundqvist, and myself, we'd be good to go. Because I I never had to tell Lundqvist what to do. And Lundqvist never had to tell Ulson what to do. And Ulson never had to tell me what to do. You know, we were given a task or a yeah. mission, and mm-hmm. we executed. Yeah. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Done deal. But, I mean, if you think about it, you had to go through all that stuff and you might not necessarily have been through 
the same situation that those younger, those other people were going through, but they were, they were developing, they were learning and you were in a leadership position to be able to teach these people. Hey man, this is terrible. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be dark. We need to get this stuff set up. And you know, you're probably the guy that they needed to do that. Even if you got to tell them, Hey, you know, this is not something that is comfortable and it's fun to do, but we're in the military. We got to get this stuff knocked out. We got to start doing some things because if stuff really comes down the pipe, we need to be able to take care of this. Otherwise, we're not going to survive and we won't last. So if you don't have those guys like the leadership, like, you know, you three, uh, you know, where would these people be? And, you know, we all got to start somewhere. I remember starting off my first time when I went through Coast Guard boot camp because uh, I was in the Coast Guard before I joined the Army. Okay. And I was, I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is nuts. It's absolutely bizarre. But as I progressed and I like moved up the tier, all the stuff that I was getting into was like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could go back to those days where it was so easy just getting yelled at and like learning how to do all the basic stuff. So, you know, you got to you got to learn how to do all the sucky stuff to get to the next sucky stuff to get to all those ladders. And, you know, every time you level up and do something new, it's it's uncomfortable, man. It's, that's for sure. It is. But to be real honest with you, Mm -hmm. I have come to the conclusion that I'm, I, you know, I'm not your first pick to be a leader, but I'm a damn good follower. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and, uh, but like I said, I, I, I came to find out that, I mean, I, I could lead, but that's not my forte. My forte is to execute. Like, if you tell me, Eric, I need you to take the left flank. Mm-hmm. Roger that. I got you covered, man. I got your six. So, like I said, I'm really good at following. That's where good leaders start, though. That's where good leaders start. And sometimes you got to train and learn to be a leader to do certain things. So you can't just, some people just are just naturally good at certain things. I've uh, come through uh, so many different people in my different careers and military career. You have amazing leaders, you have good leaders, and you have terrible leaders. And a lot of the people that I talked to and looked up to and admired, um, you know, I would ask him certain questions and certain things. And they'd always tell me, you know, like, I had to learn to do this. I had to learn to be able to give presentations. I had to learn how to speak. I had to learn how to have patience, you know? So it's not just something that just comes and you're just good at, and you can just get thrown into a situation and expect everything to just be perfect. You know, it's not like a movie, um, but that's, that's kind of the stuff that I've learned. I'll, I'll get told to, you know, Hey, you know, show this person how to do this. Okay, I think I can fumble my way through that. I want you to show 10 people how to do this. Ugh. Then you start kind of getting weird. You start throwing more people into it. There's more, uh, there's a lot more involved. It's not just one person. So you know that you're in charge of a lot more people to give information to, to talk to, to communicate with. So, you know, that brings a whole lot more challenges. So, uh, I definitely understand that struggle. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people out there listening to this could understand that as well. 
They are. So, so you come from uh, you come from that, and you're basically kind of moving into sounds like uh, doing still kind of maintaining your business and and doing the things that you love to do uh, there with your business. So, so you're you're doing stuff with metals. You're you're doing stuff with uh, well, what exactly are you doing? Can you tell? Well, in the beginning, uh, I would say that I did just about anything in between heaven and earth. Yeah. Uh, I was, how do I say this? My, 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 my spectrum was mm-hmm. really broad. Okay. Because, you know, I was not the kind of guy that, uh, all, I, you know, I don't do parts for boats or uh, I don't do ornaments or, I, you know, I don't do the heavy welding. I did all of it because let's say uh, you came to me and, and you needed me to uh, make you a special stainless steel bracket for your boat because number one your boat is that old and in order for you to get a bracket that you just broke for your boat that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. but if you have let's say uh a left bracket but now you need a right bracket and you say, and then you, you know, you call me and you tell me like, oh, Eric, I need you to check this out. And I need you to make a bracket for me, but it has to be on the right side. So it has to be, um, how do you, in, in Swedish, we call it spegelvend. Spegelvend means uh, op- mirror, mirror opposite. Yeah. yeah never mind. So mm-hmm. I would be your guy. Yeah. And uh, uh, and let's say if uh, if you saw, as an example, a really cool looking ornament chair, you know, it looks like one of those chairs that kings back in the days were sitting on. Nice, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and you would love to have one of those, but you're not exactly keen on. Paying, let's say, $26,000 for it. Mm-hmm. And then you call me, and, and then I'll tell you, you know what? Uh, I can make the same chair for you for $5,000. And then yeah. you go, like, you're on, man. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. Th- that was me. And then I've, you know, I, I've learned to do a bunch of stuff. And it, basically, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I wouldn't be the guy that, oh, the, the only thing I do is I, you know, I do my 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 welding and uh, building in the shop. But uh, if you want to have this mountain to your boat, that, that, that's not me. Yeah. No, 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 no. I would be the judge, the jury, and the executioner in your case. Yeah. Some cases it wasn't possible because, you know, it was beyond my knowledge of doing stuff, but basically I would take care of everything. Yeah. Um, So 
this, this is what I would do. And, um, and about, I would say probably like six years ago, I started working with gunsmithing, nothing major, but studying, you know, putting threads on barrels for people. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I started coating, and you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, so I, I started doing that. So um, actually yesterday when we spoke, you know, when I went around the, the shop, I yeah. totally forgot to show you the, the basement because in the basement I have the, um, the paint shop where I do all my coating. And in that same area, I have my gun range, which is only 21 meters, but still it's a gun range. Yeah. I can, you know, shoot and stuff. Yeah. And, and, and check that out. So I got that as well. And uh, <clears throat> back in 2016, I bought my first CNC milling machine mm-hmm. with a fourth axis. And and the reason why I bought it is because prior to that, I saw a really cool picture of two Tika T3 bolts that the guy, he fluted it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, when I saw that picture, I told myself, this is what I want to do. One thing led to another. I bought the CNC milling machine with the fourth axle and I started fluting bolts for the Tika T3. And, um, and then people started asking me like, Oh, uh, I have a Remington 700. Uh, is this something that, you know, is it doable to flute a Remington 700? bolt and I was going like oh you know what let me check with my because uh, back in the days I had a guy he was uh, he was helping me out and he was teaching yeah. me mm-hmm. how to maneuver and stuff like that uh one thing led to another we built the program so now I can flute a bolt for a, a Remington 700 so I can do that and uh and at the, and at that time you know I told myself you know what uh, I want to start. I want to start making muzzle brakes because I because I can. Yeah, and I started experimenting, and uh, and then I came to the conclusion that oh, you know what? I need to become more effective in this. So now, I bought a CNC lathe. Yeah, which means now it's. You know, I, I mean, instead of going like a whole day to just make that first part for a, for the muzzle brake, now it takes me two hours. Yeah. So it's very, it's very effective. Yeah. And then in August of this year, uh, I bought a third CNC machine. It's it's a milling machine where I can do where I can CNC mill the baffles. Nice. 
So I got that. And uh, I was thinking about getting a fourth machine. I don't know what they're called in, in English, but but it's um well I need to Google that thing up. It, it's like it has a a, um, a, a, a thin um I was gonna say how missing how do the uh the bit like, no, 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 like... no 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 um um it's it's a metal it, it's like a thread it's a metal thread made out of um uh, not copper. Uh, it's the, the metal is yellowish. Okay. What does uh, it do? What is that? Brass, brass. Brass. Okay. Brass. It's yep. a brass. Uh, it's a it's a very thin uh, uh, um, brass wire. Yeah. And it's connected with electricity, and then you can cut with it. Very very precise. Oh wow! I, I, you know, that sounds pretty cool. It, it's on my bucket list. So, <laughs> you know, if I can get that one in, I can do some really awesome stuff with it. So, so that this is really where good. I'm at right now, and um, you know, I got the, I got the workshop where I do my uh, working with guns and stuff, and. Um, and then hopefully in the nearby future, my youngest son and I, we're going to be, we're going to start having reloading classes for nice. people who wants to learn how to reload. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Sometimes next year or so. Cool. So when yeah. you're going through all of this stuff, um, before you got started and really kind of diving in on these big purchases, these big ticket items, because those CNC machines, those lathes, they're not cheap by any means. I know that. Uh, so I, uh, when you're getting into this, what is the thought process for that? I mean, were you, were you scared? Were you terrified? Were you, uh, was there like any doubt? Like what are some of the things you had to overcome or kind of talk yourself through to make that happen? Because I know I catch myself thinking like, man, this is a great idea. I'd like to do this but I balk a lot. And I know there's a lot of people out there that do that too. Like what was, what was that point that made you want to uh, drive through it and, and, and uh, not get stuck? Well, first of all, <clears throat> I had a huge belief in, you know, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I had some people, you know, telling me like, Oh, Eric, really? I mean, that's like a really expensive machine. And do you know, do you know how to handle it? And 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 do you have the knowledge? And I was going like, no, I don't know how to handle it. I don't have the knowledge. Because in the beginning, you know, when I bought my first CNC milling machine, I didn't know, I didn't even, I didn't even know how to start the spindle. Yeah. So, but there was, I think, I think there was this voice inside of me telling me that Eric, it's going to be all right because you believe in this. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, like I wrote you yesterday, I just love when people tell me 
that, oh, you can't do this. (laughs) That's a big driver, man. That's for sure. Did did you, did you just see the horns coming out of my forehead? (laughs) I, I, I just love when people tell me, oh, you can't, you can't do this, man. You, uh, no, 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 no. You're going to fail. Oh, is, is that a fact? Well, you know what? Let's get it on. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, and, and basically, when I was, you know, let's circle back to when I went to this gymnasium school where mm-hmm. I learned the craft of, 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 of welding and working with sheet metal. Uh, in my second year, uh, there was a period that every student um, were placed in a company. You know, they were doing the same thing. Okay. And I winded up in a company uh, called Electrolux. Electrolux is a company here in Sweden that, that makes refrigerators. Uh, in, in that in that specific department, I was I was working with refrigerators that you find in a uh, restaurant kitchen. Okay, yeah, you know the commercial ones, mm-hmm. not 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 the refrigerator that you have in your kitchen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. So, and uh, I wound up in this place, and uh, this. I don't know, this floor manager, uh, you know, I got there, I got introduced and he was going like, well, this is your station. And I was going like, okay, cool. Uh, What do I, you know, what do you want me to do? And he goes like, you need to assemble this and this and that. And then when you're done with this door, you put this door in this pallet and then you take the next one. I was going like, okay, cool. So I did that for a whole day. I come back next day. I was supposed to be there for like a week. Uh, I, I come back the next day and, uh, and I, you know, I asked the, this floor manager, like, uh, what do you want me to do today? And he goes like, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, I want to do something else today. No, 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 no. This is your station. You're assembling doors. <laughs> and I was going like, uh, Okay. So basically they were using me. Okay. And, and uh, I want to cut to the chase. What happened, you know, I was doing that for a couple of hours and then all of a sudden, you know, I felt bored. So I went to check out what, you know, what the other guys were doing. And then there was this other guy who was polishing stuff and, and I'm, you know, I looked and, and, you know, I asked him a couple of questions like, how do you go about, how do you do? And he goes like, oh, first you use this past and then you use the medium one and then you use the high gloss one. I was like, okay. And he, you know, he showed me like, oh, you see this piece? Yeah, it doesn't look very good. And he started polishing with the, with the, with the coarse past and with the medium past and with the, and all of a sudden that thing was shining. One, two, three, the floor manager Comes by, he goes like, "What the hell are you doing here?" You know, like, I'm getting my learn on. No, 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 no. This is not your place. Your place is at the station. You know where I put you. Yeah. And I was going like, "All right, come on, man. This is this is BS." <laughs> yeah. And then he dropped the bomb on me. 
because the very first day when we met, you know, when I was introduced, he was asking me, like, what is your future plans? I was going like, uh, I don't know, maybe start my own business. Oh, OK, cool. And then when he caught me, he literally told me that, you know what? You're going to wind up being a bum. And you said you want to start your own business. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so, like I said, I, I just I just love when people tell me that I can do this. Yeah, man, it's, and, uh, it's, it's a huge driving force. That's for sure. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Uh, now, sometimes, though, I've been told no when I can't do something and uh, it kind of gets in my own head. I've, there's been some times where I was like, man, I all right, maybe I shouldn't do this. Or maybe, you know, I kind of let it marinate a little bit too long. And uh, that's happened to me before uh, with many things. So uh, I, I could kind of kick myself in the butt certain times for letting certain things happen and play out. But it's just like, well, yeah, all right, you know, maybe this isn't me. Maybe this wasn't meant for me. And then I start thinking about it. And I always wind up coming back saying, man, I'm just going to go ahead and do that anyways. I'm going to try it out, you know. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think I've probably wasted way too much time uh, not doing the things that I really wanted to do. When people said no, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to get to the point where you are and uh, like, yeah, someone says something. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's, that's the truth. No, absolutely. And then of course, you know, I want to be realistic. I mean, if I were to tell you now, Oh, you know what? Next year, I want to become a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, nah, you got to be that, realistic. That, that, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So, True. like I said, realistic. And, yeah. and uh, what I've learned is through this process is baby steps. You know, I started off with one CMC machine. Mm-hmm. Then I got a, the second one. And now I have the third one. And God's willing. I might have the fourth one in the nearby future. So like I said, you know, it's uh, um, because I have a vision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I, when I'm in that mode, when Mm -hmm. I see, when I see the potential of the machine or, you know, what I can do with it, I'm unstoppable. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, that's the good stuff. So you kind of, um, you found your pivot points and you kind of found the direction that you wanted to go through and you've had to battle some stuff. I'm pretty sure. Um, without really getting too much into the details of, you know, some of those hard things in life and you've touched a a few of them, you know, where are some points uh, in your life that you felt that were just feel like you were, you were like really down there, like you're in your hole in your dark spot and you had that moment or that situation, that time, whatever it was that hit that light switch for you to change and want to not give up and to keep going and to keep doing and driving the way that you drive. Well, what, what, what was that? And what did that look like for you? Well, Let me put it this way. My upbringing, mm-hmm. for starters, uh, it wasn't easy. 
and and uh, um, my mom, uh, she had an even tougher upbringing. And uh, and the reason why I'm saying this is because she was born in 1946. That was just, you know, when the war ended. Yeah. And um, my mom, she never knew her real dad. And back in the days, you know, if you were a woman and if you had a child and not having a man or a husband, you know, Mm -hmm. that was very taboo. Yeah. So my grandma, my real grandma, uh, she married uh, my step-grandfather, and he was a partisan during World War II, and he was caught by the Germans, and he was in Dachau, in concentration camp, and he barely survived that ordeal. So now the war ends, my grandma gets with him and my mom had a terrible childhood because, you know, every time she did something wrong, you know, he beat the shit out of her. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, this is something that goes you know, from one generation generational, yeah. To the next generation. Yeah. And uh, you know, and if we're going back to my upbringing, a lot of times, you know, I had that issue with my mom, and especially when alcohol was involved. Mm-hmm. And and at the time I didn't understand. You know, come Friday night or Saturday night, you know, she had some friends over, they were drinking, you know, she got drunk. And I did this one little thing and she beat the bejesus out of me. At the time, I didn't understand why did I get beat up Mm -hmm. so hard for, for just, you know, I dropped the glass and it shattered. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I came to realize later on that she built up, you know, the little stuff that I did on Monday Mm -hmm. and then the little stuff I did on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and then come Friday or Saturday. So I paid. Yeah. For the whole week. Yep. And um, and, and that, that was kind of tough. Uh, and, and then unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, when I became a father, I mean, I, that, that's why this is one of the biggest reasons why I don't drink alcohol. And I'm not Muslim mm-hmm. because usually people, you know, when I tell people that, you know, I don't I don't smoke cigarettes. Uh, I don't do drugs. 
Uh, I don't do tobacco like Copenhagen or Chew or Snooze that mm-hmm. we have in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, Snooze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, horrible. And, and, and I don't do alcohol. This is one of the biggest reasons why I don't do alcohol is because, you know, I've seen it up front. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been working as a bouncer for a couple of years. Uh, I've seen it up front, really up front. And, uh, and usually I tell people that my physique, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say, you know, you're doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, okay? And let's say I'm doing the same thing. And now we need to practice and work out to get to 100% of our level. Yeah. You only have to work out for, let's say, four weeks. But my physique, the one that I have, I have to work out seven weeks to get to the same level as you. That's what I'm referring to physique. So now, if I'm going to be drinking alcohol on top of that, yeah, holy crap, it's going to take me two months yeah. to get to where you at. Yeah. So, and, uh, but a lot of times, you know, when I tell, you know, when I tell people that I don't drink alcohol and the way I look, you know, with the beard and everything, you know, they look at me quizzically and, you know, they ask me like, um, are you by any chance Muslim? No, I'm not. I just, I just don't, man. Yeah. And actually I was drunk once. It was a New Year's Eve many, many, many years ago. And uh, it almost ended in a, in a disaster. Mm-hmm. So, um, so no alcohol, that, 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 that's not me. And um, circle back to uh, my childhood. That was tough. And then I said to myself that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, that, that was a conscious decision that I made because, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't want to hurt myself. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that was tough. And that, that was that was really tough. And and then unfortunately, unfortunately, some of that. I brought that with me because a lot of times, you know, with my kids, you know, I tell them once, tell them twice. And then the third time, you know, I lost it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's nothing that I'm happy about or proud. Uh, But like I said, you know, I didn't know any better. Yeah. But still, it wasn't that bad as it was in between my mom and I. But, but I, you know, I kind of understand what she went through yeah. with the situation and stuff. Uh, and uh, it was what it was, man. Yeah. So you broke the cycle, though. And, yeah. you know, it sounded like, you know, you understanding that and you going through that stuff yourself kind of helped you with that pivot point and changing what you didn't want. I had... 
I had similar stuff, you know, growing up. Um, I had a terrible childhood, my young, my younger years, and there was a lot of alcohol and drugs uh, involved, abuse, uh, and it's miserable. And that's, I, I will drink alcohol and I will have a drink and I like me an old fashioned and I like the flavored stuff, but I'll, I'll have like one here and there and that's it. That that's all I need. I don't, I don't want to feel drunk. I don't, I don't like that feeling. No. It's not me. I don't want to be around people that do it. And, um, I've been told, uh, you know, you're no fun or, you know, how can, how can you, how can you do all this stuff? And it's like, I don't, I don't need that to enjoy life. So there's nothing wrong with me. I mean, you can do you, you do you boo, but this is me. And I don't, I don't need to alter my life to make my life better. My life is pretty good right now. And so that's, that's kind of where, where I go through. And, you know, I, I had some issues as well with, um, well, I was raised this way and this is the way it should be. So this has got to be this way too, especially with my son. You know, there were certain instances where I was probably a lot harder on him than I needed to be, but I guess I needed to heal it and go through my own stuff to, to realize that, uh, I didn't need to be that way to him. Uh, I didn't have to do those certain same similar things that I had to go through to teach my son or to get through to my son. Uh, you know, or even other people, because that bleeds off just in, in anything else. You know, if anyone aggravates you or makes you mad, the same thing comes out. It doesn't have to be your kid or your spouse or, you know, a family member. It can be someone at work or just some weirdo down the street walking up to you, you know, saying something. Those same things, emotions will come out. So for me, that was that was uh, definitely a big point for me. And uh, that's that's, I don't know. That's commendable. It's cool because not a lot of people can say that, no, I, I don't drink. I don't need to drink. And even though the people that say that um, I've had come up to me and secretly tell me, you know, I don't, I don't want to drink. You know, I, I don't like it because, you know, it, it, I go too far with it or whatever. So it, it, you know, it, some people can, some people can tolerate it and some people can't. And like, for me, I've never had that addiction to it and it's never controlled me. So I don't understand that aspect. Um, some people suffer with a lot of stuff because of alcohol. Um, I don't understand that, but at the same time, I understand, you know, um, the destruction that it brings. Cause it, it, it can do uh, a lot of bad stuff, I guess with anything too much of something can definitely turn into something really bad. Absolutely. And I was, Back in the days, you know, I was called names and like, oh, you pussy or this and that, and mm-hmm. you party pooper. And, yeah. And then, but, but, you know, there were some certain people that, uh, you know, in the end, they, you know, they understood like, so if there was, somebody new coming in in the group and they were going to, you know, they were trying to give me a hard time. You know, I basically didn't have to say anything because yeah. my bodies, they were going like, you know what? Let him be. Okay. Yeah. He's not going to bother you. So, you know, cut him some slack. Yeah. He's good. He's with us. Yeah. And um, so, and, and today to be real honest with you, you know, if somebody calls me, let's see, because I don't drink alcohol. You know what? She'll be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I don't care what don't you care. think. Yeah. yeah, I don't care what you think, man. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I know what I've been through in life. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's so good, uh, that's that's a good stuff. Yeah. So, um, my next question for you. Go ahead. Um, so a lot of people have different beliefs, different values, and different types of faiths. Uh, yeah. uh, I know my faith has gotten me through a lot, and I've recently um, found my faith more, more, uh, more important and, uh, more, more and more I needed to rely on it to help me get through certain things, not necessarily, um, because I'm weak, but, uh, honestly having those things and knowing that there's, uh, something greater out there that drives me was, was, uh, really huge for me because there were times where it was dark and, I didn't really have the faith. And for me, having God in my life, having Jesus in my life, and that's my beliefs and my values, it's really helped me out. And it's really helped me out in my everyday today kind of um, walk in life to realize it's not always about me. There's always something greater and I can be doing something good for other people around the world or just not myself, you know. So it kind of takes everything off the what was me, you know, it's all about me. It's not. And um there's some people that you know think differently, have different beliefs, different religions. So my my question to you is um do you have a belief or a religion that has helped you throughout your life to 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 get you through to where you are right now, got you out of a tough time? Um I don't necessarily have a religion per se. Like, you know, if you would ask that, you know, if you would ask the same question to somebody else, like, you know, usually when people say religion, you know, you either Catholic or Christian or Protestant or Mm -hmm. atheist or Muslim or Buddhist or yeah. Yeah. One of those. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I consider myself a Christian, but I don't remember last time when I was in church. Um, I, I don't talk to God and and basically, there's a, there's a reason for that, and and the reason is, you know, if I don't talk to God during good times, then I shouldn't talk to God during bad times, because mm-hmm. it's it will be the same thing, you know. Uh, if I want to call you. I want to call you randomly. You know, I just don't want to call you every time I need your help. I got you. Yeah. 100%. So that, that, that's what I'm referring to mm-hmm. talking to God. Yeah. I, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I never talk to him because <laughs> I, I do talk to him from time to time. But once again, that is between him and mm-hmm. myself. I would say, that my religion is not, you know, oh, you go to church every Sunday, or let's say if you're like a true believer Muslim, 
you know, you pray five days, you know, five times a day. Mm-hmm. No, my religion is to be a good man. My religion is to be humble. My religion is to be nice to people. And then, of course, you know, you select uh, because some people don't deserve you being nice Mm -hmm. Uh, because, unfortunately, there's a lot of a-holes out there. Yeah, there are. And and um, and you know, j- just like you know, when we spoke last night, um, you know, if you're a good friend of mine, uh, there's no reason for me to try to make a joke out of you. You understand what I'm saying? It's you know, I. I don't want to go like, oh, guys, uh, look at Mikey here, man. Uh, he he just gained some weight, man. I mean, I don't know what the hell he's doing and try to make a joke based on you. Yeah. Because that, that's not being a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like I told you last night, uh sorry about the bad language, you know, I don't have to show you how large my dick is or how small it is. No. My dick is me and that stays with me. Yeah. That's your ego. That's, that's, that's people's ego and that's, that's your insecurities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, 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 let's say if you like something, Let's say a dish, and and I don't like it. You know, it, it's it's totally enough for me to say, "Oh, Mikey, I'm sorry, bro." Uh, you know, if you like this dish, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Myself, um, I'm having a hard time. I don't have to say it's. Oh, it's nasty, or oh, it tastes like shit, or it tastes like dog poo, or no. Yeah. If you like it, that's on you. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't have anything else to serve, then I go hungry. Yeah. Uh, but but once again, it's about uh, you know, I'm not above you, I'm mm-hmm. and I'm not beneath you. Yeah. You know, if you are, if you're a good friend of mine, if you're a real friend, you know, you and I, we should be on the same level. Yeah, absolutely. So, and basically that boils down to my religion. Yeah. That's your beliefs and yes, that's your values. And that's, yeah. that's what you're up yeah. to. It's, it's, it's more correct to say my beliefs. Yeah. Than same religion, but but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. So uh, has any of that um, come to be a huge um, point or keynote factor for you as you're going through certain things in life to, to really help you get out of, um, you know, certain things or help you through certain things when you're having a rough time or, you know, um, kind of digging in and driving into those those values and those beliefs that you have really um, 
really help you gain momentum in life? Yeah, because the thing is, uh, my beliefs um, makes me an honest man. Mm -hmm. And by being honest, it can be just about anything in between heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can be honest about, um, um, let's say, if you were to call me and you know, you got a rifle not working and, you know, you would ask me through the phone, like, oh, it's not working. Uh, you think you can fix this? I would go, Mikey, uh, listen, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I cannot make a statement. I, I need to check out your gun first mm -hmm. okay, and see what's, you know, what's malfunctioning with it Yeah, and bring it over. Let me look at it. And I'm and then, you know, I'm going to give you a statement if I, you know, and then I'm going to be honest with you that if I can fix it or not, because yeah, I yeah. don't have any problem whatsoever to tell you that, uh, Mikey, I'm sorry, bro. Uh, this is above my knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, you know, you have to take this to somebody who's a specialist because yeah. I really don't know you know, what's going on with your gun, for mm -hmm. an example. Yeah. So, uh, and, and to be honest, yeah, I know sometimes it's, it's hard because people, they, they don't necessarily always want to hear you being honest because, you know, they get <laughs> disappointed because, you know, yep. like, oh man, I thought you were the pink shit rock and roll, the, do the you know the Duke of Cool, the Earl of Funk, the Ayatollah, yeah. right, all no, bro. I'm just just saying how it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of stuff, but I don't know all the stuff. Correct. Yeah. And nobody does. Mm -hmm. So uh, and I gotta say this, I mean, my honesty your honesty keeps you humble and it kind of keeps you on track so that you kind of keeps you in line with there being a good dude being a good business partner being a good uh you know person to do business with uh there's there so many good transactions that happen for people that can just have that and recognize that and uh, that's a really important and that's good traits and you know not everybody has that and uh, i mean i'm not the best you know, follower of Christ. And, um, you know, I, I talk to God a lot. I try to talk to him as much as I can throughout the day, every day. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm the best or I'm better. Or I'm better than you. No. I'm better than anybody else, but that's just what I do. I feel like I need that because I would go crazy yeah. if I don't have that. And, you know, having that and being able to do that, it helps me realize and bring myself back down to earth to mm -hmm. be like, you know, I can't do this, but I really want that business. Do I just, you know, do I be honest with you and, you know, eat, eat my, you know, just eat my, uh, me, me my ego and say, I don't know if I can do this. Or do I say, yeah, yeah, let's try it. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll try it. And maybe I mess it up and I make things worse. I have to pay extra money. I have to give them money. I have to, you know, who knows what's going on. There's so many situations that come about that, um, can't transpire from that. You might lose a friend, you know, and then you might, uh, 
uh, there's a customer, you know, there's, there's so many different things, but if you had just said, you know, I don't really know, I'm not sure I can look into it for you, or you could take it somewhere else. Yeah. That, that saves so much right there. Absolutely. That, that, that's a big part of it. And also one of the things uh, for me, I still feel this way sometimes a lot. Uh, in actuality, just the other day, I was thinking of this myself, but I still feel guilty at times because there are times I feel like I will pray more or try to give more or get more, do more when I'm having a rough time or when I really want something. Um, I really feel like like my my prayers or my the way I talk, I I get that guilty feeling. It's like, man, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't have this feeling or I shouldn't be trying to do this just to get this out of it. And uh that's why I catch myself when I'm happy. I pray when I'm sad, I pray. Um, cause I know he's always going to be there no matter what, uh, he made me. So I'm still going to be here. So I, I try to work on that, but I, I still get that. And even before I gave my life to Christ, that was a big thing that I would never pray for myself. I would never ask God to do anything for me because I felt like I didn't deserve it. And the only thing that I would pray for is for God to give me the broader shoulders to carry on, everything that I needed to do and just, 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 just pile through. And ironically, God's got a funny sense of humor. It wasn't funny back then, but looking back at it now, he let me have it. And he's such a gentleman. He just gave me the weight on my shoulders and let me drive myself into the dirt because he knew that I couldn't handle it. And it, it took me a little while and I, I drug myself through the dirt. But uh, finally I said, I don't want this anymore. I got to let you have some of this stuff because I need to be able to handle a lot less in order to uh, to maintain in life. And that really helped me out. And having that faith um, really, uh, really brought me through a lot. And um, so it's just, it's just cool to have that and to just know that there's something uh, better and greater out there. Uh, I don't know. It just, it really helps me out. Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, um, um, just being humble. You're there, man. You're experiencing it. That you're. That's, that's exactly it, man. That's that's exactly what you're talking about. And just everyone experiences things differently. Huh. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, and uh, being you know honest and humble uh, takes you a long ways, man. And, uh, and it's not always it's not always easy. Uh, sometimes no, no, that's no, hard, no. man. Sometimes that's tough. Yeah, it, it, it is because you know, like I like I said before, you know, people get disappointed at you because they're yeah. you know, they're going like, oh man, uh, shoot, uh, we we you know we thought you uh, uh, you know because I, I spoken to some people and 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 everybody told me like, oh, uh, uh, if, you know, if you want to have this fixed, Eric is your man. Yeah. And they get all these, you know, expectations of you. And I was going like, hey, man, like I said, I know a lot of stuff, but I don't know all of it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So you wanted to be a nice guy versus being an honest guy. Sometimes it's like, ugh. so you get caught yeah. in it. Sometimes you yeah. want to take care of people. Sometimes it's like, oh, well, I, I can't just I just can't let this happen. I got to I got to let you know what's going on with this. So it's. It's, it gets kind of tough sometimes. And then a lot of times, you know, when when, when I have customers over, you know, I, I tell them that, 
you know what? I, I, I would love to help you because, you know, I can make money out of helping you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to take care of this and then find out in, in the end that I couldn't help you and, and, and take your money. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. So yeah. I'd rather tell you upfront mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to, to, to make this work. Yeah. And, and I don't want to take your money. And mm-hmm. they look at me like, hmm, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes I tell them like, you know, I'm not an expert on, you know, in this issue that you have, mm-hmm. but there's somebody else who is on top Ooh, of his game yeah. and he's going to be able to help you out. And they look at me like, <laughs> oh man, uh, it's kind of weird because, you know, he could have made, you know, he could have made money out of me, but yeah. Money is not everything. I know that money keeps the headache away, but still money is not everything. Correct. Correct. You can always make more money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, you going through everything, experiencing all the stuff that you've experienced and, uh, you know, conquering and vanquishing the, the issues that you've had taking that with you in life and from like now till you cease to exist, what, what are you planning on and how are you planning on um, implementing things that you've learned to, to other people? Like, like, do you want to help other people? Do you want to give back? And if you could, if you would, you want to, like, what do you plan on doing? How, how does that look for Eric? Actually, that's a very, very good question. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, uh, like I told you last night, you know, I listened to a lot of TNQ podcast, mm-hmm. and and at one time, um, they were talking about a guy who wanted to start making knives. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and then. You know, the, 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 this guy was asked, like, but just making knives? I mean, there's there's like a bunch of knife makers out there. Um, do you have anything unique about your knives? And he goes like, no, I don't know. But, you know, what about um, if you took a, a barrel from a 50 cal? That's that, you know, has been in Afghanistan, serving in, in Afghanistan. And if you take a piece of metal from that barrel and forge it and make a knife out of, out of it. And uh, so you can tell that, oh, this knife was made out of 50 cal barrel that was in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. and. Basically, I was thinking about the same thing because I have a friend of mine. His name is Patrick. And uh, he works with um, 
with the Swedish military. He's a technician. Mm-hmm. And, and, I've, and I've been thinking about asking him, like, uh, because from time to time, you know, when they serve, um, we, don't, we don't call them SAW. It, it's, a, it's a squad out automatic weapons, but it's a uh, seven by six, two caliber. It's okay. like the, it's equivalent to, you know, the pig. So it's like our 240, basically. Yeah, it's a 240. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we have the smaller version here in the. In yeah, the yeah, we yeah you got the 556 five, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about asking Patrick, like, uh, what do you guys do with all the weird out belts? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was actually, I was thinking about. You know, asking him, like, uh, would it be possible to, I mean, you can chop those barrels in pieces, mm-hmm. but if I can get them and having Swedish veterans come to my place, you know, I can show them how to heat up the metal, you know, how to forge it, mm-hmm. grind it. And then make a knife out of it. That would be super cool, man. Yeah, and I thought about it, but right now I'm still in the thinking process. Uh-huh. I, you know, I don't know how, you know, how I'm going to be able to take care of the of the logistics. And the reason why I'm saying that is, is because you know we're talking about barrels. That's a huge ordeal from the military. Yeah. Yeah. It's from the military and so on. So, So, you know, I have to talk, I have to talk to the right person and, 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 you know, I have to lay down my idea of, Mm -hmm. I was thinking about, you know, get a, a group of veterans to come to my place and just, you know, and I don't want to say, instruct them show them yeah this is how you heat it up this is how you hammer it this is how you forge it yeah that'd be a good time that'd be a cool experience Make yeah it like a whole cool experience for them. yeah for veterans yeah that'd be neat man even because if you could do barrels man you could do pieces of military you know like the like the track yeah. You know, military like yeah. tracks up the yeah, absolutely. tanks, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, once again, logistics. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I gotta find time for it. Yeah. But you know, I need to start off with the logistics. Mm-hmm. And if I can get up, Go with it because we have a nonprofit organization here in Sweden. Uh, um, 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 and they are working with veterans, Swedish veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically uh, raise funds, especially for veterans that has gone into a economical situation mm-hmm. i mean they got there not not by choice but yeah. you know i don't have to tell you, you yeah know, you've been there you've done that mm-hmm. so uh, 
and uh, and this organization helps out. That's cool. You That'd know? be cool. Yeah, find out what that is, and then let me know. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, to, yeah absolutely. Uh, because on that one. Yeah, and and once again, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a a a barrel, but as yeah, far as I'm concerned, the reason why I'm saying barrel is because I know the material. Yeah, the barrel because it's it's rigid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's good material to make a knife out of it. So that's why. So basically, you want to uh, take the stuff that you've learned from yeah. uh, you working. You want to like pass that along to other people to kind of help them develop certain skills or just maybe not even a skill, but no, 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 possibly no, no. an experience to be able yeah. to get out and, and do something. And that's that's huge, man. That's that's really good because there's a lot of people that don't do a lot of stuff with their hands anymore. You know, a lot of guys work with computers. A lot of guys uh, do customer service stuff. A lot of guys get out of the military, um, you know, and, and they don't do the same thing they used to do before. And having that experience, man, it it, uh, it means a lot to people and it, it helps out a lot. And just being there creates just this whole atmosphere for a lot of stuff. And that that's that does a lot of healing within itself. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's kind of funny that you brought that up. And uh and then once again, it it was not me that came up with the idea. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I was listening to TNQ mm-hmm. and that popped up and I was going like, hmm. Hey, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can do some about this. Ah, I might still have some contacts over there on the airfield. Um, there might be something that uh, they have some, some some type of metals or something like that that they have the availability to, uh, you know, recycle and get rid of or something like that. So um, I'll uh, I'll see if I can reach out to them, see if they've got anything. I mean, they're close to you uh, right there in Sweden. So yeah, um, it's networking, man. It's just talking with people. So yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it's very easy for you to just. Drop the question, yeah. and then you can get either a yes or no. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Yeah, man. I mean, there's 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 nothing in between. So, like yeah. I said, I've been thinking about that. That sounds really cool, man. I like that passing uh, passing those traits and those skill sets that uh, a lot of people don't have, or maybe they do have. They're just not. They haven't done done it, or maybe they've never even heard of it before. But having something like that would be really cool. And, um, and, 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 and just like you said, I mean, they don't have to learn the trade. Yeah. But just being there, being present. Yeah. Heating up that piece of metal. Forge it, give it a nice beat. And Man, just being and, there with other veterans, too. Just, just yeah, being absolutely. And, and this knife doesn't have to be super perfect. Yeah. But you can. In the end, you know, when we're done, you can say, I made this. You created something. Yeah. So break out the creative side. Absolutely. That's super good stuff, man. I uh I like that. I think uh I think you got something going on with that. I think that'd be pretty cool to see. So I'm I'm hoping like I yeah, like I said, let's see something transpire to that here pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, Eric, I don't want to keep you up all night, man, because I know our time schedules are, are really different. 
Um, we got to talk about a lot of stuff and we got to uh, hear your story of some of the things you went through. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it here at Noble Warrior and I know our listeners are going to uh, enjoy this as well. So just want to thank you very much for uh, chatting with us, talking with me. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, you're motivating me. And I know you say I motivate you a lot, but hey, that's, that's what we do, man. Uh, I, uh, I yeah. appreciate it. And I'm always going to be around. So if you need anything, give me a holler. You know where to find me. Absolutely. And I got to tell you this, man. I, just, I mean, I was this close not hitting the gym tonight. But, you know, when when you reached out and you were going like, oh, can we do this in about two hours and stuff like that? And then I, you were actually the reason why I went to the gym because I was down. And I, you know, I admit I was down because of my 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 buddy that died today uh i didn't feel like going to the gym yeah. but when you reached out and you were going like oh eric uh can we do this about two hour ish i was going like super eric get your ass to the gym <laughs> you know make it happen yeah and then, and, and then talk to mike so uh and it's been an honor uh to be uh, on your show. And uh, just like I told you before, this is my first podcast. This is, this is numero uno, man. And uh, one of these times, hopefully I can get back over there. Uh, we can find some place in Sweden that makes tacos. If not, you're going to have to come over here and I'll make you some tacos. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. And uh, lastly, uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, and man. Happy New Year, man. Thank you. I, mean, very I, can't, much. I can't believe Christmas is in two days, man. Yeah, that's it. it that doesn't feel away. like it. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's it's gone by so fast. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. New Year's. Hope you get to spend some time with your family and loved ones. Uh, stay safe, stay warm, and I'll holler at you soon, brother. Love you, man. Take care. Love you too. Bye.